Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Women's Wisdom Podcast. I'm Liz Calhoun. I'm an attending physician at Mercy Fitzgerald Hospital in Jarvie, Pennsylvania. And today I have a very special guest host. Hi, my name is Sarah Mistall. I am an attending physician at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, and I'm very happy to be here today. And the reason why we have a special guest host is we have a very special podcast guest. Today, we are turning the tables on our regular host, Dr. Molly Estes, and introducing her. Molly, I'd say we're so happy to have you, but we always have you. So thank you for the pleasure of letting us interview you. Um, thank you for doing me the honor to interview me. Um, when you guys suggested this, I got unusually nervous about this entire process. So I think a turnaround's fair game. I've done this to both of you now, so fair enough. Well, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your background. If you're listening to this podcast, I can almost guarantee you that you've met Molly in some way, shape, or form through AEM. But for those of you who haven't, let's hear a little bit about yourself. Um, sure. So I hail from Southern California, um, born and raised in California pretty much the entirety of my life. I, I like to tell people that me venturing out with my life was going to Northern California for my uh, residency training before coming back and becoming clinical faculty at Loma Linda University. I am a diehard academician, um, which means that I work with students and residents um, and run the medical education fellowship at Loma Linda University. I take my nerdy education academic self uh, on the national stage too by doing a lot of CME conference planning for a couple different organizations and have had the extreme pleasure to get very involved with the different academic offerings through AAEM. So I wear a lot of hats underneath the unifying sombrero of super nerd with an emergency medicine. <laughs> That is the last way I would think of describing you. Yeah. I would I would call you superwoman, jack woman of all trades, invincible. I don't know how she sleeps, girl, but super nerd. I don't know that I would have gotten there. <laughs> I mean, I have I admire you so much. You're like one of the people I would love to be. Uh, you know, I look up to you so much. Um, and I just want to know, how do you do it all? How, how do you find time to just give yourself to so many organizations and to everybody? It's, it's amazing. It is definitely a challenge. And I would love to be able to sit here and say, oh, well, I have this wonderful app that keeps me perfectly organized for every single second of every single day. No, it's a, it is definitely a labor of love. I, I truly love what I do. And so I like to make time for the different stuff that I'm involved in. But if anybody ever wanted a case study of how balance is a continual struggle and not a binary state, well, you would have to look at my life. Um, so I do feel as if I am constantly swinging in between perhaps a bit too overstretched and a little bit too stressed with a few too many things on my plate. And then having people in my life who care enough about me to keep me honest about that um, and bringing things back into a much better perspective and balance. I have become highly adept at returning emails um, from any electronic device that I have access to. Um, 
my Google Calendar is my the Bible of my life. And if I if it were to ever crash, I think I would have a complete and total nervous breakdown. Um, but <laughs> other than uh, other than those things, I I think the answer is just I I really enjoy what I do, and so it doesn't it doesn't feel like work uh, a lot of the time. Molly, I think one of the things you said before that kind of makes your life go when we were talking about all of this beforehand is that you're a real true type A personality, but that life has kind of gotten in the way for you, gotten in the way of you and your type A personality, and that you described it as a series of happy accidents that have kind of put you where you are today. What have been some of those? Yeah, I was the kid who showed up in my college freshman advisor's office with my four-year plan already typed into an Excel sheet. Um, so yeah, that's that's really my base personality right there. He laughed at me. He he, he very lovingly laughed at me and was my advisor for the next four years. Um, but but he did laugh at me. Um, so I find that I I have a tendency in life to to create plans and then be presented with different opportunities that were never part of my plan that actually end up making life even better than I could have even imagined it. So looking back, I think the the first one of those was definitely uh, matching into residency. I never imagined that I would match into my first choice residency program. And that happened um, in a place that I, I matched to Stanford that was a place with resources that I never really even comprehended would be available to me by doing my residency there. I had opportunities to participate in national conferences and different organizations and do academic projects even as a resident and then a chief resident. I decided to stay on and do my fellowship in medical education there, uh, which was another happy accident. I <laughs> kind of knew that I wanted to do fellowship and I figured I would probably do it in something like critical care or ultrasound. And then early on in my second year of residency discovered that medical education was an option. And I was like, well, if there was ever a fellowship designed for me, that's the one and struggled over, should I become clinical faculty or should I actually just do a fellowship and fellowship happened. And then after my fellowship struggled about, you know, what job I should have and ended up back at the same university where I had done my medical school, where I never thought I would end up uh, ever working again, to be honest with you, just because it hadn't ever crossed my brain. And I could give you more and more and more examples, including a lot of how I got involved with different organizations within AAEM. I became part of YPS, the YPS board, because um, the the person who was the med ed fellow at Stanford before me, um, Jeff Chien, basically told me I should do it, and so I did it. Um, because of that, I was able to um, meet people, including Lois Swisher, who got me involved in the women in emergency medicine section. Um, I got swishered into uh, becoming, <laughs> to applying for and being elected um, the incumbent uh, chair elect for the women in emergency medicine section. So that was a completely unplanned thing through a wonderful other acquaintance, um, Chris Colbert. I got the opportunity to become part of the scientific assembly planning committee and other people on that in committee, including um, Laura Bontempo and Mary, many others 
mentored me in that role and taught me how to do that and then became the essay planning co-chair. There are so, so many different steps along the way, none of which I could have ever imagined. And I feel as if I, the last, oh, I don't know, 15 years of my life has been this transition between me and my type A personality Excel sheet in my freshman advisor's office to this, well, okay, I'm going to broad strokes this sucker because I have no idea what's actually going to happen and the ability to gracefully roll with the punches and be able to weigh the pros and cons of the opportunities that are presented to you is actually the harder struggle in life and not necessarily having the plan in the first place. I mean, uh, just amazing all the things that you do and make it uh, do it so well. I mean, essay was awesome and I can't wait for next year's because you're also planning that one. Right? <laughs> term, Yes. Um, embarrassing to admit, and I'm going to do it on, you know, this podcast. I did not realize it was a two year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So now I think we understand why your calendar's so full, Molly. <laughs> a little busy. So, I mean, it, it sounds, I mean, it sounds like you're always saying yes to everything, but I think one of the hardest things for us to do is to say no. And I guess what advice would you give? Because uh, for me personally, that's almost an impossible task. How do you say no? And how would you advise people to say no? Man, isn't that just like the golden question, right? Um, for all of us. I got some very, very good advice um, from Megan Osborne when I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do fellowship-wise, like if I wanted to do a fellowship or if I wanted to just go out and work in, in an academic institution. Um, and as we were talking through that decision and as we were kind of just talking through life in general, um, she gave me really good advice, which I've heard from many other people since then, which is when you are new at something, say yes. Um, and the takeaway meaning behind that piece of advice being if you don't know what you like or don't like, so it's kind of this, if you don't know what you don't know, then say yes to opportunities, try them on for size. It's almost like being in um, elementary school or middle school and everybody has that closet full of half-finished hobbies that you thought was definitely your thing for two hours on a Saturday afternoon and then never got finished, right? Um, finish the things that you say yes to, but it is perfectly okay to try some of the stuff on for size and use that in order to kind of figure out where your niche or niches may be within the house of medicine, within the house of emergency medicine. There were a couple of different committees that I got involved in when I was new faculty here at Loma Linda that I am no longer part of today. That was just kind of a year's thing. And then I did my job and gracefully bowed out at the end of it because just wasn't a passion of mine. <laughs> um, and then there have been other opportunities I said yes to that led to even bigger and better things. Um, and I think that it is really important to say yes to things when you're new out, but then as you begin to identify the areas that are true to you and yourself and your mission, to feel very free to say no to things that don't necessarily align to that. And another, another advice I've heard um, from another mentor is that as you get further along, you should really weigh any new opportunity through three different lenses. So is this good for me in my development as a physician? Is this good for me in my development um, in my career? 
is this a requirement uh, from me uh, for something? And really any new opportunity, especially as your schedule gets more and more filled up should meet hopefully two of those three different lenses. So it's a requirement or it's good for me in both of these ways, some sort of combination thereof in order to really make it onto your plate fully. And if it's not, then saying no creates an opportunity for somebody else. So I do a whole lot of, you know, I don't think I can take that on right now, but can I suggest somebody else to approach with the opportunity? And that ends up becoming a pretty cool process too. So it sounds like that you have had so many opportunities just put in front of you. Is there anything that you still have on your 10-year plan for the future? Any big plans for yourself, career-wise or personal, personally, that you're just like, oh, I can't wait to get there. And I hope that life does not throw a curveball and block this one away from me. I want to be able to hike to Everest Base Camp. Um <laughs> Okay, so start at the beginning. What steps are you taking to get there? How did this come about? There's this really big hill behind my house that I climb occasionally. Um, that's how I've started. <laughs> um, no, I mean, that's actually quite true. I do. I really do want to do that. Um, but I, I think that a lot of my, a lot of my 10 year plans for myself are extremely broad strokes. Uh, I would love to get um, deeper involved in the running of some of the organizations that I'm a part of. I think that a lot of the positions that we kind of take for granted as members of the organization uh, are huge areas of service for people to undertake. And I would love to be able to pay back some of the opportunities that have been given to me by being able to serve in some of those roles. I would love to continue to see uh, the training within the House of Emergency Medicine and medical education continue to advance and perhaps play some small role in what this new chapter of student application to our specialty might look like over the next three to five years. I have plans, but as I just said, I am fully willing for those plans to be changed for me. <laughs> Well, I have a feeling they're going to change for you, but only for the better. And you're going to end up somewhere that you never even imagined. Oh, that is incredibly kind of you to say. <laughs> well, Tell us like a little bit about what you do outside of medicine, because I don't know how you even have time for all the things you do now. You're talking about all the balance in your life. What does it look like? So I... Uh, and probably the only stereotypical thing I do as an ER physician is I travel a lot. Um, I love traveling. And so I have managed to work that in, in different ways in order to make sure that I'm not only getting to different spots in the United States, but different spots internationally. So I just came back from a trip to Portugal with my two best friends from medical school, which was amazing, highly recommend. It is a wonderful, wonderful country. And when you go, you should eat all the food because it is delicious. Uh, obviously see the sites and learn the history, but eat all the food. <laughs> drink all uh, the wine. <laughs> oh, drink all the wine. <laughs> Every cocktail with all the red fruits in Portugal. I'm yes. obsessed. <laughs> there is nothing better than climbing up to the castle of St. George and sitting at a little table outside of it with a Aperol spritz looking out over the city of Lisbon. Um, yes, highly recommend. Five stars, five out of five stars. Um, 
So I really like traveling. Um, I really like cooking too. Uh, so I do a whole lot of uh, cooking and then inviting friends and family and students over in order to help me eat the things that I have cooked. Uh, and uh, I am trying to get more into hiking. I really enjoy hiking. Uh, I, I love walking. And so hiking is walking uphill. So, you know, it kind of fits. And so I'm trying to get a little bit better at it to then actually make that a more serious hobby. I have this extreme pipe dream of maybe doing like one of these really long trails, like the Appalachian Trail or something like that at some point in my life. But the idea of camping outside for six months in order to make that happen, um, haven't quite worked my brain around that one yet. Uh, so maybe not, That that's a dream that might actually just kind of like fall by the wayside. Yes, the bathroom situation for me, that's a no-go. <laughs> I, like, I like showers. Like I really enjoy being clean, actually. Uh, so maybe not. <laughs> Maybe one of those trails where you can break off to a motel by the roadside every 20, 30 miles and just freshen yes. up. Yes, I will hike that trail. Glamping. <laughs> yeah, a little glamping. Yes. Um, and how about any advice? Uh, I, I know you're full of wisdom for all our young listeners out there, um, especially our students and residents. Anything you want to tell them? So as we as we do this recording, it is um, right in the middle of summertime. And so I, as said earlier, I work very, very closely um, with a lot of students, both at my own institution and from many other institutions. And they are all focused on how do I match into emergency medicine? And with that, particularly in light of the last couple of application years and in on one of my other hats as, you know, uh, uh, as being involved in Ask Them for Cord, this is really the go-to question that students are asking is not only do I, how, how do I get into emergency medicine, but should I apply into emergency medicine? There's a lot of, there's a lot of fear and trepidation out there in our very, very young trainees about where the specialty is going and what does this mean? And will I have longevity in the future um, in, in the house of emergency medicine? And so to all of them, I would really love to say, yes, yes, you have a future. Um, yes, it's worth it. Yes, this is the best job I could ever imagine for myself in life. And yes, despite how hard it is, I would choose it again in a heartbeat. I love what I do and has our specialty struggled a little bit, particularly due to a global pandemic. Yes, we are much more honest these days about the system struggles that we face on a day-to-day -day basis advocating for our patients than we ever have been at any other point in our history. And so does that mean I like my job every single day? Well, no, I, I don't really like every aspect of my job, but I love my job. I love the opportunity to take care of anyone, anytime, any place, regardless of their insurance status just because they walked through my doors. And I love finding ways to work the system in order to get them the care that they need. And I love being able to talk to and connect with my patients on one of the worst days of their life and provide them an ounce of reassurance or a small glimmer of hope or a pathway of how they're going to move forward. 
those are the parts of my job that I love. And that is the calling on emergency physicians. And I think that that is the passion that drives all of us forward. Wow. I don't think anybody could have said that any better than you did, Molly. Yeah, definitely not. And I think everyone needs to hear exactly what you said. Um, so thank you for that. Not just the residents, I think us attendings too need a little encouragement on our worst days. But yes, we all believe in each other and there is hope for our specialty. I need to figure out how to make that a bumper sticker. It's going to go right next to my bumper sticker that says um, humanity's stupidity is my job security. So, you know, bookends. Wait, what? <laughs> humanity's stupidity is my job security. Like the Darwin Awards, yes. <laughs> right? Yes, I get it. In the nature of this podcast as women's wisdom, I'm going to leave you with one final question, Molly, regarding wisdom. What would you like to tell your future self about where you are now, how you got here, and what's coming up next for you? Ooh, that is a really good question. If I were looking forward and looking at my future self, I would say your impact is more than you will ever realize. And not because of anything that I do with students or anything that I do with residents and not because of any role that I have with any organization, um, but because of being human. And because of a willingness to embrace my own humanity and to see the best and try to help fix the worst of humanity around me. That was just, I mean, the perfect way to, I think, end this amazing podcast. I can't believe you let us interview you. I'm so happy <laughs> that I was able to be a part of this. Um, Honestly, we're so lucky that we get you, um, you know, to, to interview everyone else. Um, and I really appreciate you taking time for us getting to know you a little better. Well, thank you for turning the tables on me. It was such a privilege uh, to be able to be interviewed by you guys um, and to just share a little bit about my own journey um, with anybody who cares to listen. So. Thank you. Thank you both, Sarah. Thank you for coming on and joining us today. And Molly, it's been a great pleasure as always. Catch us for the next episode of the Women's Podcast coming your way soon. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine. AAEM is a nonprofit professional association of over 8,000 emergency physicians dedicated to board certification and democratic group practice. For more information about AAEM, visit our website at www.aaem.org. Find all episodes of this podcast and our other podcast series on the AAEM website under resources and then publications. Join us again next episode for a new journey through emergency medicine.